scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. I had three hours of sleep last night, everyone. You know, uh, I'm I'm 24, and my sleep pattern has only gotten worse over time. I'm really looking forward to adulthood. It's gonna be a transition. This is lots of pasta, and uh, I'm here with uh, formerly known, the artist formerly known as Rocky Hockey. And the name you want to go by now is Harold Heavy Hands. Harold Heavy Hands. And is there is there inspiration to this? Like, tell me, tell me where in your everyday life were you listening to an episode and told yourself, "Wow, wow, wow!" You know what a good you know what a good name would be that ev- that everyone would love. Harold Heavy Hands. There's no inspiration. He's <laughs> like, you got out of your car to come into my house, and you're like, Harold, have hands. <laughs> well, not even that far. I was just sitting here, and I was like, you know what? That'd be a good name. Harold, heavy hands. Triple H, like the wrestler. Triple H. Triple H. I'm sitting here with Triple H, <laughs> the wrestler. <laughs> I don't even know what he sounds like, or else. I'm, he just sounds like a normal guy. just sounds like a regular dude. So this is Lots of Pasta. This is the podcast where we cry. <laughs> this is the podcast where we try to read stories. Oh, I do have a quick little little movie pitch for you. Lay it on me. You know, you know, I I could handle your your pitches, your throws. So, um, it's Amy Schumer and. Sarah's. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to stop you right there. <laughs> no, okay, continue. No, it's Amy Schumer, Sarah Silverman in uh, Texas. I was. Gonna, um, I was gonna say you. I thought you were gonna go for like a Ghostbusters movie, another one. No, 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 no. no. They're in Texas and they're on. They're on a quest to find uh, comedy. And that's it. I actually like Sarah Silverman. I think she's cute. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but amy schumer while while i do find her amusing is just everything i dislike about the female populace in one comedian for not being funny at all no he's kind of like big set yeah you're talking about the big dude who just screams a lot yeah he just went off on like religion because it's funny because last last podcast made us watch clips of them at the live show of him, of that guy, and they they were trying to link him to the reptilian, uh, the reptilian. <laughs> they were trying to link him to the reptilian uh, taking over the office. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. But um, that guy, that guy sounds fucking nuts. He's insane. He just went off on like religion and like aliens, and he's like, <laughs> after talking about it for like fifteen minutes, he's like, I don't really get into any of that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh I think last podcast did this thing where they just um they they uh compiled through all of his episodes every time he says 
goblins. It was goblins. Oh, really? Apparently, he says things, he compares things to goblins a lot throughout multiple, like, of his screenings. So it's at one point in last pod, in, at one point in last podcast's show, we just watched a three minute clip of this guy going, and then you know, and then you know, they down there, they have a bunch of goblin juice. And I was just like, this is racist, and I don't know who he's calling goblins. It's some kind of fucked up allegory that I'm just not understanding. But then it was just three full minutes of just like, goblins! Goblins! And people eat this shit up. This is why I'm afraid of this fucking country. A better Super Bowl. I didn't watch the Super Bowl, which was today, by the way. I don't want to see him kissing goblins. Okay. <laughs> wow, that was amusing. I actually just want to hear all the shit he has to say about goblins. That dude is fucking nuts. <laughs> if we if we haven't established anything at this point, it's you know we have to we have to establish that Alex Jones is fucking nuts, man. <laughs> and and multiple people watch his shit and they just and they just dig into it. So uh, this first story is going to be read by uh, Harold Heavyhands, Triple H himself. Uh, it's called "Guarding the Office oh, at Night." It's from Creepypasta. I've never told anyone this story, and I don't think I ever will, unless of course I get found out. I used to work as a night watchman in an office building in Russia. I didn't have much work to do, just to stop anyone from breaking in. I'm skinny as fuck, but if someone could break through that tough iron door, even a SWAT team wouldn't stop them. So I was just there as a formality. To let my bosses in and to check if the ceiling was leaking. Sometimes a pipe on the second story would burst. Also I had to clean the windows once a week. Basically my work was pretty skate. Pretty, pretty skate. Pretty skate. <laughs> I'm Kyle, and I ride a skateboard. <laughs> now, that, now that guy gets laid. There were also computers with games like Heroes of Might and Magic 3. And I didn't need anything more. I spent every night in that office. Things were quiet as only three people had keys. Me, a director, and some manager. One Saturday night I was playing on the computer when something rustled behind the door. Just one. I got up and looked through the peephole, but nobody was there. I thought it was just someone passing by and got back to the game. But then something scratched at the door and I heard an indistinct male voice. I thought it was the director, so I put the key in, turned it once, and looked through the peephole again. I said, Is that you? But nobody answered. I turned back to the key and immediately heard a voice from beyond the door. This time it sounded like a woman, but I still couldn't understand a thing. It seemed like it was saying something, but not a single syllable made any sense. I swore at them and threatened to call the police. I was bluffing. We had no phones, and the whole thing happened before the age of cell phones. A moment later, the female voice shut up, and I heard a quiet knock at the window. I opened the blinds, and I was stunned. No, I was paralyzed with fear. My legs buckled and I sat on the floor. A man, I wanted to believe it was a man, was hanging on the bars. Everything about him was completely unnatural. 
It looked like something that had only seen humans in the movies before had made a human suit and put it on. I couldn't even approximately guess at that thing's gender. Once it saw me, it started to speak first with the female voice, then it started to alternate with the male one, and then it seemed like the sound was coming from different sources, interrupted by some scraping and rustling. Fuck! Even its facial expression was absolutely inhuman. It was moving its facial muscles in all possible directions. The creature was pressing its hands and legs at the glass while somehow climbing up at the same time. Maybe it was squeezing the rods with its knees and pushing itself up, I don't know. Back then I thought it was flying, I could see the thing very well. And it hung on for a pretty long time, perhaps for a minute. All that time I couldn't do anything. I just sat on my ass and stared at the creature. About a minute later it finally ended. The whole cacophony died down. The thing turned back abruptly. I swear its head turned all the way around and froze for a few seconds, staring at something. Then it suddenly jumped down and ran off while screaming something in a new, high-pitched voice. Fuck you! (laughs) (laughs) Since I was sitting on the floor, I couldn't see where it went. All I could do was close the blinds and crawl into the office where I couldn't see the door or the windows. I sat there and cried like a baby. (laughs) That was pretty good. It had been eight years since the last time I'd cried. Then I stopped and started to shudder all over. I sat on the floor till six in the morning with my co-worker, Artyom. Artyom. It's the guy from Metro 2033. Artyom. Artyom. Came to replace me. I looked at him through the peephole for about two minutes, asking him either to step back or to say something before I opened the door. Finally, I let him in, and although he slapped me on the back of my head, I just laughed hysterically until I started to cry again. <laughs> and, he <laughs> and he was like, why the fuck you cry like a baby? Or or technically it was Russian, so it's, why you cry like uh, like dead infant? Anyway, when I came home, my parents had no idea what had happened to me. I was pale, I had circles under my eyes, and when I weighed myself, I found that I had lost 15 pounds that night. Since then, I often have trouble falling asleep at night, and I get nightmares. I never told my friends about it since they would only laugh at me. I decided to post this here, because even though you wouldn't believe me anyway, at least I wouldn't believe it myself, I really wanted to share my story. Well, that's all for now. I'm gonna go sleep. Why didn't I go insane after that night? Thinking logically, I can say that if that thing had wanted to get me, I wouldn't have been posting in this thread. Seems like the thing saw me only by chance, but then it got distracted by something else and forgot about me. At least, I want to think so. Kind of creepy. You know, I definitely get creeped out when I'm alone at at work. Yeah. A little underwhelming, if you ask me. I mean, seeing something weird, it's an everyday thing. It's something that could get under your skin if, if, you know, you live by yourself like me. I guess. I see a lot of weird shit at night, you know? You know, I hear a lot of crying babies in this house at night, you know? Goblins all the time. I sh- I'm in bed with Goblin. <laughs> I am kissing Goblin. In bed with a Goblin, kissing Goblins. So this first story I'm going to read is called, I Found a Homemade Snuff Film. And this one, the reason I'm reading it with uh, Harold Heavy Hands is because he is a 
he's a fan of uh, this this guy's first story, and it's the uh, Reddit and creepypasta author. Something strange. Something strange with uh, two A's. I found a homemade snuff film. Please, please believe me. My dad was an odd man, quiet, reclusive, and with a weird sense of humor. But it was a safe strangeness. A slight eccentricity that I assumed all aging fathers had. The strangest thing about him was the fact that his left hand only had a thumb, a forefinger, and a little finger. He never explained what happened, and the one time I want to ask, when I was nearing like 16, he was... He did have a little talon. Do that with your hand right now and just, like, imagine it's a talon. <laughs> he very calmly stared at me and told me to never ask again. Never ask! Stop talking! Take my strong hand. <laughs> Take my strong arm. It was the type of calm that chills you. The type of calm that's only formed through utter, utter rage. I asked my mum about it, and she'd only quietly replied, Ask your father. Apart from that, he was relatively normal. My dad used to stay up late watching old VHSs in the attic while my mother and I went about our business downstairs, me playing on the computer and her cooking or whatever she got up to. The room at the top of the house, essentially a converted attic, was his domain. My dad didn't ask much, but that room was his and only his. My and my mum were never, ever allowed in. I took it for granted at the time, assumed everyone had their me place, and for the most part brushed it off. I was never allowed into the top room, I assumed when I was younger it was because it was his secret lair, though as I grew older I thought he could be watching porn. The truth was far more sinister. My dad never left the house except for working while I was at school. He didn't seem to have many friends and so I never had a chance to see what he was really hiding. I tried once to look for Christmas presents and once more when I was older, for porn. Both times the door was locked firmly, and the thought of my dad finding me looking made me terrified. His temper flared rarely and nastily. After bunking off school after lunch to finish a project at the fine age of 19 to finally conquer the room, driven by a desire for independence and to satisfy my endless curiosity, I got in today. My dad was at work, and judging by the half-finished bottle of whiskey sitting on the stairs, he'd been drinking. I forgot to lock the door, which was a rarity. The past times I'd tried, the door was double locked, but I assumed that in, the, in his rush, my dad had simply forgotten to lock it, assuming I'd be out all day. On opening, I was assuming something dark and dangerous would appear. I'd see a dead body or something hideous, but instead, all there was was a box of old VHS, a faded armchair, and an old large TV. I instantly leapt to the videos, knowing I didn't have much time and that my dad would be furious if he was to find me looking through them. I found a large amount of old movies, old taped TV shows. I was about to give up until I found a tape simply labeled, in childish scrawled hand, PACKED. The reason I noticed it was that it was clean. The white case it was in was dog-eared, but clean. All the other videos were dusty but in pristine condition, and this film hidden at the bottom seemed to have been watched over and over. Taking a deep breath and listening to hear if the door unlocked, I slipped it into the TV, and this is where it gets weird. The film starts with a shot of four men naked holding hands. They all wore masks, a clown, a monkey, a wolf, and an owl. 
They chanted slowly and firmly some sort of Latin chant. As the tempo and volume grew, the film slowly faded to a shot of a large empty warehouse. Um, the Latin chant, all that comes to mind is like the Latin chant that happens in the background of like the South Park episodes. Jesus Christus, Dominus. I don't know if you've ever heard of snuff films, but essentially they're real films of people being murdered, raped, and God knows what else. The film would cut between the clown, wolf, and monkey carrying out depraved acts while the clown filmed. The film was a mishmash, a collection of shorts that were at turns vile, sadistic, and above all, inhuman. They began with a woman tied up, gagged and covered in cold sweat, being held down whilst the monkey would slowly run a razor blade up and down her skin, lacerating her with thin red lines whilst the others masturbated and the clown filmed. The shot was haunting. Her face flashed between pure terror and pain as the heavy breathing of the four filled the spaces between her screams. They slit her throat and immediately the film cut to a slow, lingering shot of the monkey sneaking into a hotel room with two children in a bed and filmed him pissing on the carpet whilst they slept for about two minutes. The film would continue like this for a while, a horribly disturbing film of a rape, sometimes of women once of a young child, and then cut to a surreal but sexual shot, a young man tied to a chair and weeping, with nails slowly being hammered into every appendage in his body. Would be followed by a long shot of the wolf, still with his mask on but dressed in a suit, offering children sweets until he was chased off by angry mothers. Scarring, violent outbursts followed by segments that made me deeply uncomfortable, something about lingering camera with heavy breathing as these men I'd just seen rape and kill doing the most bizarre things made me shudder. These clips were always, always with the deep heavy breathing in the background. It wasn't a pant that you would get when you're out of breath, it was the type of deep breath that only comes from a truly primal sense of arousal. Of course you would ask, why would I watch it? At first I assumed that this was simply a movie. I loved horror, a good horror film late at night made something come alive in me. I assumed it could be a surreal horror movie, released early 90s that was banned or something, but a Google search returned nothing for packed. Must be a real snuff film. I felt sick and almost dry heaved, but I was determined to finish it. If I'd been locked out my whole childhood, I needed to know what this film was and why it consumed my dad. As any good son was, I hoped he had no part in it. A thought flashed into my mind. This film must contain my dad losing his fingers. Clown, monkey, owl, and wolf must have taken them from him. A few of the torture scenes included mutilation, and I was sure I would find a clip of my father being tortured, and it would all be fine. He wouldn't be the monster I was building in my head, but I kept watching. The clips became shorter and shorter, it was building to a grotesque climax, the rape scenes almost stopped, and the film was now focused entirely on murder, the three main characters laughing and whooping as young women would plead before dying. I, would, I won't go into too much detail about the film, but a bit late for <laughs> I don't think I could legally, and more to the safety of you. No human should ever have to witness something so raw, disgusting, and primal they were celebrating the darkest side of human nature. The film ended with a long shot of a young woman dressed as a nurse being repeatedly kicked by three culprits. It started slowly, a steady thud, thud, thud of kicks before escalating into a full-on beating. I turned the sound down. They kept going after she stopped moving naked except for Doc Martens, 
when they all looked to the clown. I heard faintly the zip of the cameraman's fly coming down, and as I reached to turn the television off, sick of the depravity, whether fiction or not, the camera panned to the mirror. The hand holding the camera had a thumb, a forefinger, and a little finger, nothing else. I almost screamed in pure terror, but the sound of the lock turning downstairs made me jump. I turned off the TV and took out the VHS, slotting it back into its box, shoving it back where it came from and dashing out of the room. Quietly, with my heart racing, I nipped into my room just as my dad started coming up the stairs with a thud, thud, thud. My head was spinning, my mouth was dry, knees weak, arms are heavy, there's vomit on my sweater already, and it was my mom's spaghetti. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I was almost retching, my whole body covered in a cold sweat. I casually passed by him on the stairs to the kitchen, my whole body screaming at me to run, but I was still in a state of disbelief. It could all be a horror movie, and this could be some bizarre coincidence. In my head, I made all manner of excuses for him. He had to be innocent. I knew he wasn't. I'll be in my room if you need me. Remember to knock, he said. Fuck. I forgot to rewind the tape. I'd forgotten that VHSs need rewinding, otherwise they started from where you watched them. He'd know. He hasn't mentioned it yet, but he quietly mumbled something about looking for his old camera. Gonna murder some kids. Hey, you know what? People could have talents. Could have been somebody else. Yeah, people are born with talents every day all over this God's green earth. That dude could have been like, I have a talent. I want to give somebody else a talent hand. Do you think talent hands spread genetically? No, like cut off his fingers <laughs> because he's missing a couple. No, no, no. I was just, it was a completely unconnected question. All right. We might only just do two creepies. Should, when do the creepies begin? <laughs> Hope, hopefully already, right? <laughs> Isn't that the point? Isn't that the point? That's why we're doing this, right? Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. <laughs> Never gonna run around and Alright, so this next one is from Creepypasta. It's called The, Propri- the, Pro- the Proprietor. The proprietor. The proprietor. We're all greased up and ready to go now. You're walking gender. Eh, see, I wasn't even ready yet. The author is being relatively poetic. <laughs> all right. You're walking gingerly on the back of. You're walking gingerly on the black tinged shingles of your rooftop. You have a bird's eye view of the neighborhood under the gray sky. The belligerent drunkard next door starts yelling about some music festival being held next month. Normally this would be irritating, but you do not care. I'm gonna fucking kill myself. Is there anything I can help you? No. Alright. Cause like <gasps> Normally this would be irritating, but you do not quite care right now. The scene fades. Opening your eyes slowly, you lift you lift the bed <laughs> You lift the thick bed sheets off yourself. The alarm you set last night has made your radio turn on. The DJ is announcing that there will be a contest for tickets to a music festival next month. Sounds fucking sick. If you ask me, I fucking love I would be the neighbor, like, hey! Hey! This fucking festival, man! This fucking lineup! Have you seen this lineup? 
Oh, I just gotta throw up in my mouth a little bit. You rise from your bed. It's 5 a.m. on a Thursday. Another weekday you will spend at work. You go through the motions of getting ready to leave and walk out the door to catch the city bus. Ten hours pass. You come home, exhausted as always. You throw yourself upon the sofa, and, lacking the energy to do anything else, you turn on the television and stare at it. You're not paying attention to what's on the broadcast, though. You just stare at the screen and drift in a catatonic state, thinking about things to which you're really rather indifferent. After hours of this, you opt to go to bed. You're sitting up in bed. It is dark, but you can distinguish everything in the room peculiar ease. You turn to the door leading to the hallway. In front of the door, you see a mass of misshapen lines that look as though they were sloppily drawn, shaded in with a dull pencil, and had just manifested themselves in a physical world instead of on paper, where they seem to belong. The mass of lines shakes slightly as you stare at it for some time. It eventually twists into what appears to be the crude outline of a featureless man. As you look at the man, the area surrounding him shakes and twists violently. Your life has grown... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Your life has grown stale on you, hasn't it? Before you can reply, he seems to have read your mind for the answer. <laughs> I've seen your previous dreams, and I know dreams will become more realistic as... <laughs> God damn it! What what voice was I even this doing on the first? Tired one? of the world. You're kind of doing like an old Jew. <laughs> I think I was going for like a Boston. Not Boston. But I went for like an old Jew. As instead. one becomes tired of the world, <laughs> that's Boston. You're doing like old Jew, like old Semitic. <laughs> I have seen you previous dreams. And I know dreams will become more realistic as one becomes tired of the world. I am the proprietor of my own world, you know. It is underpopulated, so I'm lonely. You will never become bored again in my realm. Before you can object, the proprietor extends his arm towards you, holding out a hand as it all drifts into sheer darkness. You wake up and climb out of bed. Disregarding the, the unusually eerie dream you had last night. You go through the motions of preparing for work again when you stop in your tracks. Out of the corner of your eye, you think you saw something strange outside your window. You go over to it, and what you find shakes you to the core, yet renders you motionless. Petrified. What's it with your stories and people seeing petrifying things at windows? I don't know. The craziest one was not even mine. It was like... What the guy that was doing a handstand outside the window? Nine one one on episode twelve. That's a fucked up story, man. Crazy shit. The neighboring apartments, the trees outside, the sidewalks, and everything else have become abstract, and the world around you is in negative lights. There are no cars on the streets or pedestrians on the sidewalk. Only the warped versions of the surroundings you have grown accustomed to seeing every day. You run outside desperately hoping to see everything return to normal. The buildings are crooked, the sidewalks sloped, and the whole world is in reverse polarities, with not a single other person around you to be horrified with you. No one else. I have to face this messed up world alone. This is not my home, this is home. 
You gasp, dropping to your knees in the middle of the road in the front of your house, under the pitch black sky. You correct yourself, thinking, No, this is not hell. This is beyond hell. This isn't the nightmarish place, completely unfamiliar to me, where suffering is inflicted by physical agony and and constantly enforced daily. This is a place that was once my home, made nightmarish by having been warped into something completely perverse and unnatural. I'm just, like, floating to fucking... Ian McKellen. Yeah, again. It's always Ian McKellen. It's fucking Ian McKellen. We, we love Ian McKellen, though, and even I break out into Ian McKellen when I'm, when I'm stoned as fuck. I talk like Gandalf all night. I went from, like, Old Man Jones to Ian McKellen. Perverse and unnatural. Big boat baggins. <laughs> exactly. And unnatural. And the suffering is complete desolation of smoke. Oh, nice. Name drop. <laughs> the proprietor materializes to your left. <laughs> yeah, you already broke. No, 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 just read it now. <laughs> Indecisive human, you deride my world and yearn for the world with which you claim to have grown tired. He stands there for a long time, appearing to be glaring at you. <laughs> Glazing at you. <laughs> Glazing at you. <laughs> Glazing. Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, Sir Boo Bear. There you go. You have to say it. Fuck you, Sir Boo Bear. <laughs> Until he stretches out an arm in your direction. Two beings similar to the proprietor and their rudimentary, sketch-like faces of form appear out of nowhere, lift you up and carry you away. Now you sit in a small, empty corridor, immobilized by wrappings like that of, like those of a mummy with one of those heinous, abstract, featureless figures appearing before you every now and again, scratching notes as it watches you from behind a door. While apparently unheard, you try to reason with it, pleading to have your world big. Crazy. I liked the, I liked, like, what I was imagining was just really fucking nuts. Yeah. Almost like a, like a very, like, just fucking surreal, like, art house horror movie you know sort of like the i don't know i pictured like doodle bob (laughs) doodle bob (laughs) see i was thinking of that fucked up youtube clip of that pencil that draws the with the stupid fucking face and it draws the thing that eats the girl you've never seen the fucked up pencil it'll give you nightmares (laughs) doodle bob (laughs) giggling Oh man. Okay. So um I'm actually really excited to read this. Uh we'll we'll get into troll pasta after this, but this is the last creepy pasta of tonight. This is um this is Barbie.avi and this is one that I th- I think uh last podcast on the left on their first uh creepy pasta episode, they read this and it's just phenomenal. Yeah. You could sing that if you want. (laughs) Hello. This thing happened to me a few months ago. I just need to share it with somebody. It all started at my friend's party. He's an artist who rented out a loft in the industrial part of town. If you can picture what a place like Detroit looked like in the 1920s, that's what this area looks like. 
a bunch of old, turn-of-the-century factories crammed into ten blocks. Most of them are abandoned. So I partied a little too hard that night and decided to crash on a couch at the loft. I woke up around 4am, the sun wasn't out yet, but you could just make out things in the dim blue light. I went to the bathroom carefully tiptoeing around the people that were passed out on the floor. As I was taking a piss, I tiptoed to look out the bathroom window and I saw the panorama of deserted urban decay. I remembered how much I like places like this, it was so dark and devoid of life and strangely serene. So I went back to the couch and tried to fall asleep. After 45 minutes of staring at the ceiling, I decided I didn't want to be there any longer, so I swallowed my pride and decided to wake my girlfriend up to beg her for a ride, since walking around the vacant streets at this time was not an option. Being an awesome girlfriend, she was totally cool with it and told me she would be there in about a half hour and that she would give me a call when she was outside. Well, my phone died ten minutes later, so I decided I would sit by the window and watch for her car. I sat there for a while and my eyes started getting heavy, and I began to doze off. A crashing noise outside woke me up. It wasn't loud, but just enough to snap me into reality. Snap back to reality! Not doing that I looked at <laughs> I looked out the window and scanned the area, but didn't see anything. Across the street from the loft near a mountain of garbage bags and one of those enormous dumpsters, I see a computer and a monitor smashed against the floor that hadn't been there before. When my girlfriend arrived, I went downstairs and greeted her. Just as I was about to get into the car, I remembered a friend of mine who had blown out his power supply, so I decided to walk over to the dumpster and see what I could salvage. The monitor was worthless, but the tower seemed to have suffered almost no damage, so I put it in the trunk and we drove off. After a week had passed, and I had completely forgotten about the tower until my girlfriend called to let me know where, let me know that it was still in the trunk and she wanted it out. That night, I brought it home. Before I took it apart, I decided to hook it up to the monitor to see if it still ran, and to my surprise, it did. It ran Windows XP and it looked like it had been wiped clean. I decided to do search for words like tits and pussy, pussy mouse, in hopes, in hopes of finding some secret stash full of weird deviant porn the previous owner had forgotten about. Morbid curiosity, I guess. Search came up, nothing. Search for picture files, nothing. Then I searched for movies and one file came up. It was a .avi inside a folder titled Barbie, hidden in the Windows-System32 directory. So I played it, and now this is where it gets disturbing. I like that mine yeah. are like snuff films. Yours are fucked up windows. The movie was about an hour long and was made up of what was seemed like raw exported footage. The footage was of a woman sitting on a chair and talking against a white backdrop. I skipped through most of the movie and it was all the same continuous shot. Then I decided to sit through the footage to find out what she was talking about. Fifteen seconds into the footage, the audio goes completely bad and her voice is drowned out in harsh static and background noise. I couldn't make a thing out. So I imported the footage into Final Cut and tried to mess with the levels to isolate her voice and it helped a little, but I still couldn't hear what she was saying. I was intrigued now and I began to really pay attention to her face and body language. It seems that she's being asked some kind of questions because she stops at times to listen and then continues talking. About 15 minutes into the footage, her face begins to redden and contort as if the questions are bothering her, but she continues to answer them anyway. Shortly after she begins to cry, she sobs hysterically for the duration of the film. One of the few words I could lip read was skin. She repeats the word many times throughout the footage and at one point she even pulls at her skin 
from her arm and mouths the word. She seems to be unhappy with her skin. She's a reptilian from the subterranean and she does not like the bodysuit that they have given her to blend in with the humans. <laughs> Kissing <laughs> goblins <laughs> in goblins. bed with goblins. Goblin.avi. <laughs> Goblin <.avi. laughs> okay. There's much more. I have to get off my chest, but it's getting late and I can't go on. I'll share the rest tomorrow, God save my soul. It kept on building and building, and about 40 minutes in, she's crying so hard she can barely look at the camera. She stops talking at this point, and the rest of the footage is just her crying with her head down. Oddly enough, she doesn't get up or move. The screen just fades to black. I was fucking dumbfounded. I played the whole thing through many times that night, trying to find inflections and nuances in her movement that would reveal anything else about what was going on. I felt so dissatisfied I wanted to know more. That's when I noticed there was about 10 more minutes left on the timeline after the screen went black, and about 2 minutes in there was more footage. The footage was extremely shaky, almost unwatchable, and depicted a pair of legs walking around train tracks. My guess is that the camera was accidentally left on as it was being carried somewhere. The person in this footage walks along the train tracks for about 6 minutes and then turns into the forest and walks over what looked like foliage flattened by a piece of plywood. The person continues on this makeshift plywood road until the movie clip ends. Now my heart started beating with excitement because there were train tracks a few miles away that looked very similar to the one in the video. I had to check this out. I called up my friend Ezra. He's about 6'4", 250 pounds of mostly muscle. I convinced him to go on a little adventure with me. I'm no pushover myself. I felt if I was to go wandering in the woods looking for God knows what extra muscle couldn't hurt. The whole idea of investigating this video had me so excited I couldn't sleep. The next morning, on a sunny Saturday, I took my flashlight, my camera, and my 7-inch seven inch kebab. kebab with a map. 7-inch kebab. <laughs> kebab. He's, he's just going to yeah, I got, the, I got the peppers, I got the steak, I got the chicken, the shrimp, and, and we're going to poke someone. <laughs> with a matte black finish and serrated edge and went to pick up Ezra. When I got to his house, he wasn't even awake. When I woke him up, he pretty much told me to fuck off. I was already packed, and I had mentally prepared myself to do this, so I decided to go through it without him. I parked my car at the train station, took my stuff, and hopped onto the tracks. After walking for about two hours, I saw a broken piece of plywood, and my knees almost buckled with excitement. I searched the nearby foliage, and there it was, a little plywood trail leading into the forest. I walked slowly along the trail, paying close attention to everything. I would stop occasionally, kneel down, and listen for anything, anyone, but it was so quiet. This was one of the most nerve-wracking things I've ever done. I didn't know what to expect at the end of this trail. The dense tree line gave way into Little Island of Grassy Field, and then I saw it, a house being consumed by the forest. From the looks of it, no one had lived there for 20, maybe 30 years. I got my camera and snapped a few pics. A few yards away from the house was a tool shed made of rusty sheet metal. I just sat there among the trees for a while, absorbing everything. I didn't want to go into the open field. I had this bad feeling that something would see me. It took me a while to muster the courage to walk up to the house. The door was partly open. I pushed it in with the flashlight and was relieved that the inside was actually very well lit. I put my flashlight away, got my camera, and took a few more pics. There was no furniture. The floor was riddled with bricks and wood and rubble, and some of the walls had huge holes in them. 
When I went in further to explore, I saw some things that I didn't pay much mind to in that moment, but now that I think about them in hindsight, they greatly disturbed me. The first thing that seemed a little odd was that one of the doors in the first room that I presumed led to the basement seemed a little too new to be in the house. It was also the only door in the house that was locked. Also, when I made my way up to the second floor, I saw some chairs and a fold-up table that also seemed a little too new to be there. But what disturbed me the most, for some reason, was the bathroom. The dust on the mirror had been wiped away, and in the bathtub I saw a clear plastic tarp that had water droplets on it, from when I presume it was washed clean. That's when I heard something moan really loud, and that's when I jumped the fuck out of the second story window and ran back to the tracks. Definitely grade A rank at fire escape safety. Halfway there, I realized the moaning was most likely a water pipe expanding or contracting, and that little moment of relief gave in to the horror, which I felt when I wondered why the water would be running on an abandoned house in the middle of the fucking woods. It's been a little more than two months since this happened, and I haven't gone back there, nor do I plan to. So, the thing that sells Barbie.avi, at least online, is the fact that there are, I think, three or four different clips that inspired this film of a woman sitting in a blank room looking very uncomfortable and you can't quite hear what she's saying and it definitely takes the skin part. And I've watched the first one, Barbie.avi, I think there are four different that you could find online or three different clips Um, Of the same woman wearing different clothes in the same room getting continuously more upset. And I realized um, in the third video from the thumbnail on one website I was looking at that it's revealed in the third clip that her one of her arms is missing. She just has a stub. And you can't tell from the angle of the first video because she's sitting there and, and, and the camera angle is only from like here to here. Like I'm saying like maybe a, a couple inches below shoulders up. So you can't tell in that video. And part of me would like to think that if this was a snuff film, she had an arm in that first clip and then they just fucking took it by the third one. That's crazy. Right. Isn't that nuts to imagine? But like in the third clip, she just doesn't have anything there. And, it's, and I can't tell in going back to the first clip whether or not that that was just like she was an amputee or something to start with. But the, it's that kind of weird and confusing shit. And it, and it very clearly looks like it's from the 70s or 80s. Shitty quality and that just sells the entire thing. Very creepy. Very creepy. You could find that online. Oh, I, I think, I think you want I, That's why I gave it to you. Okay. So we're going to... We're gonna, do a 180 backflip into some uh troll pasta right now and troll pasta for all you good guys and gals out there uh all four of you troll pasta is ridiculous and retarded and that's what makes it great (laughs) this one's called chicken nuggers chicken nuggers you sit at the restaurant with your young son he says he's hungry you agree to get him dinner you open up to the kids menu your child is far too young for adult food. Chicken Nugger stares at you from the page. You don't understand, your palms get sweaty and... <laughs> no. I didn't even do it that time. No, just preemptively, no. <laughs> would, his, would you say his, his knees then got weak? No, it doesn't say that in the story. Alright, okay, alright. <laughs> your palms get sweaty and your son complains. 
says he's hungry. Your mind strains searching for an answer in a world of swear potato. <laughs> swear potato? Not sweet potato. And french fried. <laughs> swear potato and french fried. You tr- <laughs> I can't. What do you not want to? All right. <laughs> you try to order the chicken nugger, but you cannot. <laughs> Words cannot escape you. It can barely escape my lips. Chicken nugget? The words cannot escape your lips. Your son is hungry. He complains. The waitress stares at you, her head spinning chicken nugger, her arms swinging. Her arms swinging. Her arms. Her arms swinging french fried. Your son cries the tears of a chicken nuggerless child. In your mind, you scream. It is raining swear potato now. You have French fried engraved on your left temple, and you do not understand. Your son weeps in the corner. He's starving, starving for chicken nugger. You wait. <laughs> you watch as your son scarfs down nugger after nugger. He's satisfied. He loves the chicken nugger. That was a little. That was a little, that close. Was a little close. Let's go back and do that with the big old nug in there. <laughs> oh, he loves the chicken nugger. You wonder if he could. You wonder if you could ever attain that kind of happiness in your own life. You quietly pay your bill and enter the street. Your son asks if you can buy him some ice cream. You enter Miss Moo's on Jefferson Street. Open to order a rocky road. Damn it. You look at the menu. I, oh. You look at the menu on the wall. Chicken nugger. That would be about three fifty. Chicken nugger, four dollars seventy-five cents. Chicken nugger, two dollars eleven cents. Chicken nugger, six dollars sixty-five cents. It goes on and on. You're confused. It. Jesus, how long is this fucking story? It's two pages. I thought that was like. The big reveal was there's all chicken nuggers everywhere. Jesus, fuck. I can't, I can't handle the chicken nuggers anymore. It goes on and on. You're confused. Your son asks again, your son asks again for the chicken nugger. He is full, but wants chicken nugger for dessert. You ask the woman at the counter for a scoop of Rocky Road. She doesn't know how to respond. You get desperate. You ask for vanilla. Her eyes widen. She motions her way toward the telephone. You ask again, a scoop of vanilla? She picks up the phone and begins dialing. Your son asks <laughs> Your son again asks for chicken nugger. You want to run, you want to scream. You look at the palms and the lines have begun to form chicken nuggets. <laughs> Swift departure from nuggers. The phone the woman is dialing starts sweating chicken grease. Her eyes close and she is ashamed. Ashamed that she, her customer, has caused such a problem. You want to run, but your son is screaming for chicken nugger. You, sir, have just gotten yourself into a, a reality war. Are you ready? The waitress makes her call and collapses into chicken nuggers, grease rolling from where her body had stood. You look up to the menu on the wall, but the words have tumbled off the paper and have congealed as mustard on the floor. You turn to your son, his eyes flaming mirrors of your own reality. The rain has turned to hail. 
currents of swear potato break the glass windows. The glass windows in the shop. And the sirens yell in the distance. You try to cover your eyes, but your hands are no longer yours. They drip grease and melt into familiar form. Your hands are chicken nuggers. You scream. (laughs) Your screams fail to reach the greasy ears of the police... Men. (laughs) Men as they stuff their faces with french fried while trying to dodge the downpour of sweet potato. Your son now lays at the bottom of a pool of grease. Chicken nuggers in his hands. He is drowning in the... The delicacy, the delicacy he has been lusting for. A sweet potato hits an officer, and, and he falls down face first into the grease, becoming chicken niggers. Damn it! I keep that's <laughs> too close. <laughs> becoming chicken niggers. You try to scream, but all you can taste is chicken nugger in your throat. You stick out your tongue, only to find it has become chicken nugger. A sweet potato hits you on the head. <laughs> you. You fall to the floor, unable to move your greasy body. Thunder rumbles, and the sweet potato downpour intensifies. French fried began to fall from the sky, covering the landscape in grease. How'd you feel about chicken nuggers? Uh, I I could go for some chicken nuggets right now. <laughs> yeah, after I fucking that. love chicken nuggers, man. Oh, I'm always in the mood for some chicken Is that nuggers. from like a, a different country or something? Nope, it's just from an idiot on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> they're like somewhere where they call them chicken nuggers and french fried and swear potatoes nope that's just that's how troll pastas are written okay <laughs> Ooh. Um, be a good one so this last uh this last story is gonna be uh another troll pasta it's the last one on this episode with uh harold heavy hands this one's called does anyone know a good plumber <laughs> from troll pasta does anyone know a good plumber fucked up one of those stupid ritual things that everyone is doing and now my shower is leaking and also there's some faceless guy in my kitchen (laughs) my landlord comes tomorrow and he's gonna kill me especially because i also have a cat and i'm not supposed to have pets (laughs) it all started when i was drunk messaging a girl on tinder and she said that the only way we could meet up is if i did this weird ritual thing where i summon a ghost or some shit i think she called it mia culpa or something actually her exact message was The decaying flesh will not rest. I am the Alpha and Omega. I have seen the burning cities consume the earth. Link to ritual instructions. Our our souls meet when the darkness spills. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea culpa. She was a weird chick. The decaying flesh will not rest. I am the Alpha and Omega. Gravitating towards it, though. I have seen the burning cities consume the earth. <laughs> Our souls meet when darkness spills. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea culpa. She was a weird chick. At least, I think she was a girl. I couldn't really see her face. Her picture was just a black background with two shiny dots that kind of looked like eyeballs. You could sort of see some features, but it looked like her face was gray and I couldn't really see her mouth. But she had really good skin. I, I wasn't about to rally for a pizza pizza. So anyway, I weighed the pros and cons of spooky rituals versus trampoline booty as best as I could of, on five shots of Patron. It was really, uh, it was totally worth it. I set my cell phone to three, t- 
26 a.m., but since my phone is a 2005 Motorola Razor that was dropped in the toilet several times, it went off at 4 a.m. Fuck! I decided to go through with Ritual anyway. I was also supposed to have a friend during this thing, but my bestie recently got incarcerated for selling heroin on the corner of Patterson Park and Eastern Avenue. Shout out to my main man, Roscoe. Anyway, I sat- <laughs> Roscoe! Anyway, I sat up and turned off my alarm, but the moment I turned it off, I drunkenly passed out again. I woke up 20 minutes later and actually got out of bed this time, stumbling around the room in the dark, because apparently you're not supposed to turn on the lights, because if you do, a ghost will pop out! Ooh. I was supposed to find a candle and light it, but my hangover just made me trip over one of the several candles I placed on the floor. Eventually, I gave up and flipped the lights on, grabbing a candle from my desk. I squinted out my window to see what my ghetto Baltimore neighborhood looked like at 4.20 a.m. blazing. The street was empty except for some rando wearing a black robe and a giant pointy black hat. He was staring up at me through the window. I couldn't really see his face. You know, Baltimore has gone to the fucking dogs. First gang wars, now an updated KKK, for God's sake. I lit the candle and looked at my phone. I was supposed to knock on my bedroom door 66 times. The 66th knock timed on the 406, but since I had fucked everything else up, I just did a shave and haircut knock and then walked into my hallway. <laughs> shave and haircut. <laughs> my bedroom door is opposite the stairs, and looking down that dark stairwell was pretty spooky. I thought I saw something move on the lower steps. For the next step, I was supposed to close my eyes and walk forward while trying Maricopa, 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 which is Italian for my culpa. <laughs> Which is probably some kind of shitty Italian car. I tried to close my eyes and walk forward while talking about Italian cars, but my cat, Fish Sticks, ran under my feet and I ended up tripping over him and falling down the flight of stairs. At some point, the stupid candle went out as I flailed down the stairs, but I was too concussed to care. I rolled up from the ground, groaning, and decided that I would just continue to go through the motions, which meant hiding in a closet and waiting for the ghost to play hide-and-seek with me. I chose the kitchen pantry because I had some open potato chips in there, so I made my way back. As I stumbled, I heard several soft whispers behind me. I spun around, hoping that I was right about fish sticks, knowing how to talk, but there was no one there. Except for the figure standing in the corner. I stopped, blinked, and it was gone. I really needed to lay off the Patron. As I honed in on the closet, the alcohol and concussion finally caught up with me, and I stumbled to a stop, doubling over and vomiting watery Patron all over my kitchen floor. Fuck! My ass was landlord grass. The hellish combination of alcohol, concussion, post-vomit, and a looming eviction notice caused my emotions to go haywire and I unleashed a violent sob, mucus, and tears rivering down my face. I heard a noise outside the kitchen. My eyes fell on the kitchen window and I spied that stupid gang member KKK dude in my backyard still staring at me. I must have looked like an idiot weeping in front of my kitchen pantry. Too ashamed to confront him, I just crawled into the pantry and shut the door. It was so cold in there, damn froze my man titties off. My air conditioner was probably broken. I definitely needed to call the landlord, but that would mean sedating fish sticks and stuffing him in his suitcase under my bed. At this point, I realized that I needed to reevaluate my life. Maybe I shouldn't drink as much. Maybe I should give fish sticks to a good home. Maybe I should find women with intellect and poise. Maybe I should move out of my shit neighborhood where KKK people roam around at 4 a.m. After going through an entire existential crisis in my pantry, I decided to say fuck it and end the stupid ritual. That Tinder girl wasn't even that hot anyway. And besides, I still had like 70 more ritual things to complete which included lighting 8 more candles, stabbing a Japanese doll, and spinning around in a circle while screaming, you're it, you're it. 
that was all supposed to culminate in me going to my basement, sitting in front of a mirror and looking into the mirror but not actually looking into it, which made absolutely no fucking sense. As I got up to open the pantry door, I heard a low moan coming from behind the door. I froze. I prayed to God it wasn't my landlord. I cracked open the door to see the gang member KKK guy standing in the kitchen, staring at me. I finally got a good look at him. He definitely didn't have a face. I guess getting your face taken away is part of a gang ritual now. He didn't react to my presence, he just stared. I didn't know how the hell to deal with gang members or faceless KKK members, so I just stared back. We did this for about five minutes before I slowly inched out of the kitchen and back upstairs. He turned to watch me as I went, but didn't move. So after that, I went to my bathroom to take a shower, and now my shower head is leaking, which I blame on the stupid ritual. So if you guys know any good plumbers in the Baltimore area, I would really appreciate it. Fish sticks is a good name for a cat. Fish sticks is a good name for a cat. I guess that's all we really gleamed from that story, right? <laughs> yep. So that was uh that was lots of pasta here with uh Harold Heavy Hands, former prince formerly <laughs> the the prince formerly known as uh Rocky Hockey. Rocky Hockey. Yeah, that's how I said it. No. Rocky. Is there anything you wanted to end this episode on? Is it, how how'd you feel? How you feel how you feeling tonight? How you feeling tonight? You feeling good? I just want some chicken nuggers now. Yeah. Yeah, that story stays with you, doesn't it? Chicken nuggers. Well, if there's two things I learned tonight, it was chicken nuggers and kissing goblins in <laughs> bed with a goblin. Let's. We should do our own, like, kissing nuggers in oh. bed with the nuggers. <laughs> no, that sounds wrong. Eating nuggers. <laughs> yeah, no, that accent's right. Yeah. That's true. I would do that. Yeah, it's uh, way too close to the other, the other thing. Mm-hmm. Dangerously close. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that was last of pasta. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Shipping nuggers. You can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that. It's not. It's not the 1700s anymore. You can't fucking do that. Buying nuggers. Stop. It. <laughs>